You're listening to The Right Process, a podcast in which one writer tells the story of creating one work from concept to completion. I'm your host, Charlie Jensen. The Right Process is brought to you by the Writers Program at UCLA Extension, helping you reach your writing goals one page at a time. Enroll now at uclaextension.edu. Hi, I'm Greta Heinemann, and I work on NCIS New Orleans. Greta Heinemann grew up at the Bavarian-Austrian border and, for the lack of parents telling her otherwise, raised herself watching an abundance of German-dubbed U.S. TV shows by day and action movies by night. She learned how to speak English by watching Baywatch and The Shield, immigrated to the U.S. the moment she could pay for the flight, and has since won the UCLA Writing Competition, been selected as a mentee in the CBS Writers Mentoring Program, as well as the Humanitas New Voices Program, and currently works on NCIS New Orleans. I remember when I first started on the job, I freaked out. I was sitting in there, and I, I, was, I always thought of myself more as like a dark, gritty cable writer. And I sat in there, and everybody was pitching so fast, and all the moves are just flying left and right. And I was just like, I can't do this. I, I'll never be able to write on the show. And then I sat down, and I buckled down, and I was like, this is my first job. I have a lot to learn. And I sort of started training that muscle. And now it becomes much easier to me to pitch procedural moves for a crime procedural. And, and I don't say this in a bitter way. I think as a TV writer, uh, a giant skill set is to be able to be flexible and not holding on to sort of what you originally wanted it to be because it's a collaborative process. NCIS, which stands for Naval Criminal Investigative Service, follows a field office as they investigate criminal cases affecting military personnel in the Big Easy, a city known for its music, entertainment, and decadence. Leading the team is Special Agent Dwayne Pride, a.k.a. King, a native of New Orleans who is driven by his need to do what is right. Working with Pride is Special Agent Christopher LaSalle, who plays hard but works harder, and Special Agent Meredith Mary Brody, a charismatic and tough interrogator who transferred from the Great Lakes office in search of a fresh start. Supporting them is coroner Dr. Loretta Wade, who is as eccentric as she is smart. In this episode, the NCIS New Orleans team investigates the murder of a petty officer who was in town to help a refugee family being recruited by terrorists. Additionally, Dr. Wade works on the special election campaign for Mayor Zara Taylor that takes place during Mardi Gras. So whenever we start a new episode in the writer's room, it usually starts with with our showrunner assigning um, a writer to sort of shepherd that particular episode. And in general, that doesn't mean that the rest of the writers doesn't work on it. Like, it's all, it's all a community product. But the first step is you get assigned an episode. And this was my second episode for this season. Um, and there's a slight chance that I, that I might go again. Um, again, we're doing a lot of episodes a year, so there's a, there's a rotation in it. Um, but whenever you're not assigned to a script, um, you're in the writer's room, and, and it's really a team sport in that you try to help your peers. And in this particular instance, we knew that we wanted to do an episode that showcases CCH Pounder, which is one of the actresses on our show, an incredibly strong actress, and also Amanda Warren, who was a guest star playing um, an acting mayor who hadn't been officially elected, who we really liked. And so the idea came about to uh, write an episode about politics and and refugees in a city that's famous for taking care of its own, which is New Orleans. 
So whenever we um, develop episodes, sometimes you have episodes that don't fit into a serialized arc. Uh, in this particular episode, actually, we do hit a couple of little marks in between. You know, our characters grow every episode, and every episode there's some sort of personal achievement. In this particular instance, Pride, he roots very much for this young uh, African-American female mayor to win. So he has an emotional stake in his serialized arc in, in protecting her and helping her get elected. Then usually the writer's room sort of loosely talks about broad strokes, like where are we at in the season? Can we have um, some tie-ins um, with our characters? What, what, what is the story we want to tell? And then the first um, steps are pitching ideas to, to the bosses and, and hoping they like them and working with the room and the other writers to, to drill down a little bit deeper. And then the first official business of writing is actually writing what we call a concept. A concept covers the 30,000-foot view of what's going to happen in the episode. In a sense, you have two pages to pitch the most exciting version of this, of this story that it could be. So for me, my, my starting point usually is what are the, the big show pieces? What, what, is, what is it that makes this episode exciting? Um, and once I sort of have wrapped my head around that, I generally like to uh, look at some of the con- other concepts that we've written because it's such an integral part working on a TV show to imitate one unique uh, voice. I'm a very structural writer. So for me, I outline, even if it's just a concept. So it is a cold open. It platforms the beginning of a personal story. Then it's the middle, and you put a couple of plot twists in there of the the case. And then you sort of frame it in how it impacts uh, the character. So that's my general structure. Sometimes it can take a day. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you get a weekend and, and uh, two days. And sometimes, you know, your bosses give you notes and you turn around a revision. Um, I, I think generally in TV, it's always as fast as, it's, as it needs to be. And, uh, and you sort of get accustomed to that. And that then goes to CBS, which is the network and the studio on the show. And we have lovely executives there who review it and usually um, give us a couple of notes that are always great. And, and then we're off to starting to break that story on the board. And breaking the episode in at least our writer's room, and, and that can be different, uh, means you have the board and you have the room, which is a bunch of other writers, and try to first pitch out a, a satellite structure, sort of what our showrunner calls it, which means we go from, okay, in the first act, in the teaser, this is, we go from here to there. And this is going to be the big twist in the end. In the first act, you go from here to there, and this is going to be the big twist. And especially considering this is a mystery show, like a murder mystery type action adventure show, you always have specific set pieces or twists in, in a case when you find it, find out things aren't the way you think they are. So you try to land those procedural beats, as we call them. Uh, we have magnet cards in our office. We don't do the whiteboard only. We write on magnets and put them on the whiteboard because that way they're shuffled easier and you can re-break story easier. And then usually um, the showrunner comes in, or both showrunners, we have we have two showrunners, show um, come in and you pitch them the rough satellite structure. And they usually give a, a lot of great input and have some more ideas. And then based on those ideas, you kind of try to go to, you know, like airplane view. And you fill in more details. And that's also the time when you fill in the character arc a little bit more and and you figure out who is going to spend time with whom, which is a big 
big deal on our show because it's an ensemble. There's a bunch of uh, agents, special agents investigating, so you have interesting pairings. And sometimes, you know, you pair agents and they're funny together, or you pair agents because they have conflict together. And sometimes you have very interesting guest stars, which we had in, in case of my episode, and you start sort of arcing out those stories so that everybody has their own line of, of investigation, in a sense, if you want to call it that. And then usually uh, the showrunners send us off to a beat sheet, which then is the next step. A beat sheet um, is not necessarily a step in every writer's room, I believe, um, but I personally find it very helpful. And, and I actually remember the first person who introduced me to beat sheet was Greg Elliott in, in my extension class, yeah. And it's between breaking and outlining. So in a sense, you boil down all the action and all the character beats in, in very easily understandable one-line sentences. And that helps our showrunners, um, who always have 50,000 things on their minds and are, I think, working on 10 episodes at the same time. Uh, it helps them to sit down and really focus and drill down on, is the story working or not? And then once the showrunners are, are happy with it, you're sent to outline. And the beauty of the beat sheet as a pre-step to the outline is that then the outline really only becomes um, crafting these beats in, in an order that reads well and exciting and still is clean and clear in transporting the story. The outline gives Greta the chance to drill down into the mechanics of the story. So the way I approach it is I try to make the most sense of the story as I can, and I fill in little details that sometimes were just too small um, to even bother. You know, like oftentimes in, in a mystery, it's, it's a forensic lead. So, like, you figure out, you do the research as to what the special poison is that is in the blood or whatever. And I generally tend to do my research earlier in the stages, so, like, around the concept phase of things, because... Oftentimes, that's how I get across really cool ideas. Later in the game, sometimes it becomes a little bit stifling because it's still television and not reality. And sometimes reality is not as exciting as television. So I try to, I try to do my research and, and base everything on facts, but then I also try to consciously disconnect from it at a certain point to, to make sure the story is told in the most exciting way. So after the beat sheet, when your boss says you're ready, you do the outline. And the outline, in our case, is between like 15, 12 to 15 pages long, and, and it is a, a flowery version of the beat sheet. Um, so it reads kind of like a novelized version of your script. It hits um, some of the dramatic points a little bit more uh, in terms of like end the scene on... on the reactions of your stars and, and get the reader on board because that document does go to the network and uh, later also to production, which is two different functions. But it goes to the network to give them an idea as to what we're doing and also give them a, an opportunity to give us notes if, if they have to or want to. Um, but it also that also goes to production. And that's important for production because at that point they start prepping off of the outline. So that's a roadmap for them to know, oh, okay, it's going to be nighttime and we're going to be in the bayou and it's going to rain and we're going to have to shoot a stunt. And that way they can brace themselves for that. And I say that particular one as a joke because nobody hates anything more than nighttime rain in the bayou. So after you turn your outline into the network and the network gave notes and you get some notes from, from other producers on the show, then you're sent to script. And that's 
sometimes what people think is the exciting phase. I personally think that everything up to that point is super exciting. That's the kickoff to write the script. And sometimes, you know, in television you have five days. Sometimes you have a little bit longer. I think, I don't know, I don't know how long I had on this episode, but it was over the Thanksgiving break. And, and that's when you plug in your, your dialogue. And I, honestly, if the, if the outline is solid, the beat sheet is solid, the outline is solid, and the outline stage, hopefully you feel very secure in the material that the writing actually does go fast. Most of the time we say it's about an act a day to write. And like I try to do an act a day and then it gives me one day oftentimes to polish. The interesting thing about writing this particular script was that I really truly cared a lot about the character characters in it and um, that it really was meaningful and that also the episode per se had somewhat of a um, a social commentary that I was felt was very uh, important to take seriously and, and, and do it justice so I probably put a lot of pressure on myself to do it right um, more than you know I, I would have put on myself if I would have written a fun episode. And also, my, I wrote it over Thanksgiving and my father died while I was writing my script. And I say this um, because it just goes to show that life never stops and you still have to figure your stuff out. And, and I was lucky that I was far enough along and, and my bosses were super supportive and it all worked out. And then you try to do your best, try to do the best you can, and then there comes a time when you have to let it go and you send it to your bosses. Oftentimes, they'll give you notes, which, which I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really nice thing to do, especially for young writer if, uh, writers if you turn in a script and there is time for your showrunners to say, hey, you know what, take a look at this scene, maybe do that, maybe track this, that, and the other thing, because it's a great learning experience. But also sometimes there's just not that time because the production train is moving and you're about to shoot it and then oftentimes the showrunners will just take the script and give it a two-day polish or more than that and that then gets you ready to go into full-blown prep so on this episode and our show in general um is great about flying writers to set uh we shoot in new orleans um and so whenever we do episodes, whoever is assigned goes down for the last two days of prep, which means um, while the production crew is still preparing for the shoot, you might go see some locations for the tech scout, which means you go to the locations and figure out where the equipment goes and, and all of that stuff, and you get to spend some time with the director. The big things that I took away um, on a growth level as a writer, I think, is that it is a craft, and just like with any other job and and skill set you you hone it you can learn anything and and if i were to tomorrow work on this is us i probably would get really good at making people cry we as writers all have a, an individual voice and it is that individual voice and that script that gets you hired but then when you're actually on a staff you become a collective voice and you you might bring you a taste into the room with particular pitches. But ultimately, I, I don't think that the scripts are ever your voice, per se. I mean, there's, there's, there's elements of yourself in, in different scripts. Like, I, wrote a, I, I ride a motorcycle, and I like motorcycles. And uh, I, in my private life as a writer, I love, like, 
gritty shows and Sons of Anarchy and that kind of stuff. And I got to do an episode about a motorcycle rally in New Orleans and motorcycle gangs. So there you kind of see a connection. It's those little things. Or sometimes there, there'll be writers who have like particularly clever um, procedural pitches about the super cool forensic thing that's super interesting later on. Um, but those are so little pieces of yourself that you can bring in. Sometimes there's writers who are great with humor and they'll pitch a joke in the room and they'll get in. Both of our showrunners have very different uh, writing styles and and just playing off of either one of them, I become a different writer. So it's really hard to to define identity in a in a in a writer's room. It's also identity on the page is different than identity in the room. And I think in the room it's easier to define who's who because it sort of becomes like a submarine that's going to Russia and nobody has seen the daylight and you need to like each other and get along. And then you have the guy who makes a good joke or you have the guy who manages to to direct the conversation back to what matters or you have the person who likes to complain. You know, you never know. So so there's a lot of different ways of, of bringing your identity to a TV staff. And I also think what I learned um, as a writer in terms of growth in this particular episode is is... As I said, life doesn't always stop and you have a job. I think like oftentimes writers are so insecure that they put a lot of pressure on themselves and then they freeze up and they just can't deliver. And and because I cared a lot about this particular episode, I drove myself sort of down that road. And, and it's, it's very important to at, at that point then realize, wait a minute. This is still a job, and you you got to do it. It's not like you're waiting for inspiration to come down on angel's wings. It's not how it works. I think as a professional writer, your life tends to revolve a lot around work. You know, you go in, and you give the job your all, and you come home, and you're tired, and you go to bed, or you read your scripts, or whatever that is. And the irony behind that is that as writers, to do what we want to do, we also need to have interesting experiences. And we need to take care of the people we love and our families and and recharge in a sense. And I think that was also a big, big learning experience for myself to realize that I need to protect myself at times and also be able to put the phone away at night or be able to say, you know what, you wrote 10 pages today and they're not great, but you can get up tomorrow and you can make those better and instead now have, have dinner with your wife. The Right Process is produced by me, Charlie Jensen, at the UCLA Extension Studio. Audio support and editing were provided by Jamie Moss, Eileen Keegan, and Hannah Sutherland. For more information on the Writers Program, visit writers.uclaextension.edu.